Let's get it. Mike Sempervivi here with you for the next hour talking about professional wrestling, which is something we do every single day here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Tune in, iHeart, American Forces Radio, sportsbyline.com, over-the-air affiliates like KMAV, 99KMSR, and the Mighty Air 1090. Maybe you're listening on podcast, replay on SiriusXM, maybe you're video streaming on Twitch or YouTube, however you're joining me today. I'd just like to say thank you. Hopefully, wherever you are, it's sunny outside. And if not, hopefully it's sunny inside your mind. It's an overcast day here on my portion of Delmarva. I don't know what the weather is like where Brian Alvarez is, but I bet you it's pretty nice because he's playing hooky from work. Hit me up about 45 minutes ago. Uh, I got things to do. You got today? I said, Sure. He said, hey, make sure that you mention that there's not going to be a Lance show today. No F4 Daily or Figure 4 Daily with Lance Storm on the website. Nope, nope, nope. But he will be on with us tomorrow on Wrestling Observer Live. That doesn't help you out today, but don't worry. There is something to help you out today and to help me out today. Filthy Tom Lawler is going to be joining me. And we got a lot to get into. I don't know if he watched NXT last night. I don't even know if we're going to get into NXT. Probably not. I believe that he did. He's giving me the thumbs up right now. And we're going to get his thoughts on that. But I want to get his thoughts on Amazon taking Monday Night Raw. I know he was a proponent of uh, Amazon getting it. I'm sorry, but Netflix. What he thinks about Netflix getting it. He was a proponent of Amazon getting it. The last time we talked on the show, we'll get his thoughts on that. We have the lineup for Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, making its return to Vice TV. We actually have a 10-show lineup. We'll get to some of the uh, names that are on the docket for this year. We have John Cena announcing that he would love to wrestle his final WWE match in England. And we have Kazuchika Okada leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling without putting over somebody from this generation. Got a ton of other stuff to get into as well because Dynamite's tonight. And we'll get it all started when we get back. Wrestling Observer Live. Welcome back to the show. Mike Sempervivi here with you. You know we do this show right here for an hour at a time every single day. But if you want us 24-7, you can try to find us on Twitter slash X. I am at Sempervivi. Tom is at Filthy Tom Lawler. Brian is at Brian Alvarez. The timeline for this show is at WONF4W, and the broadcaster is at Sports Byline USA. Jim Valley is at Jim Valley. He'll be here with you on Saturday, live every single Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific. And Andrew Zarian is at Andrew Zarian. He's here with you on Sundays, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'd also like for you to make the wrestling news part of your day. Everything you need to know to get your day started, get you up to date, or get you to your favorite wrestling review pod like Dave and Brian on Wrestling Observer Radio. There will be a new one of those up for subscribers after Dynamite tonight. But when it comes to the wrestling news, it's between 5 and 15 minutes long every single day. No clickbait, no speculation, no rumors, no paywall, just the wrestling news. Find it wherever you find your favorite podcast or head on over to the wrestlingnews.com or wrestling at wrestling news AV on Facebook and Twitter. Filthy Tom Lawler, how are you, sir? I am doing good. What a l- overload of information there, Mike, much like there is nonstop in the world of professional wrestling. You mentioned 
Dynamite tonight. Mm-hmm. You mentioned NXT last night, which I did watch. Ooh. The Hulu version. Ah. Snuck it in there. Uh, the final match of Kazuchika Okada in Corican Hall. A very emotional time in front of the fans and backstage for the New Japan wrestlers. The <clears throat> It was emotional for me hoping that he would put Fujita over on the way out. I'll say that. I knew he wouldn't, but Come know. on. Why I cannot we? believe I cannot I believe him. anyone thought Nobody that thought Okada, it, but still. That Okada was going to lose to Mikey Nichols, Shane Haste, or hey. Fujita hey, in look, this match. To me, Listen, Fujita, Fujita's 0-2 against me. You I think know. he's beating Okada? Look, to me, it's the exclamation point on the bad year that they had booking Kazuchika Okada and how he did not put anyone over, whether their name was Keito Kiyomiya or whether it was Shooter or whether it was Suji or anybody, not even in a tag team encounter. So I knew he wasn't going to put Fujita over, but it was, you know the hope and and maybe the slight you know possibility that he slips on a banana peel but i guess his l is going to have to come at the hands of hiroshi tanahashi or does it does he lose to tanahashi does he lose to ace president before he departs for north america i think he wins really really is that not then really getting into some sort of malpractice if you're the new president of New Japan and the company itself and Gato the Booker, who has got enough going against him, frankly, uh, in my opinion? But uh, I, I mean, believe really... that's not his final match in but New still, Japan. Though. Does he lose to Tanahashi? He doesn't lose to Tanahashi? I don't think so. Oh, my God. But I'm quite oh often God. wrong, Mike. Well, he is going to show up. What they have the ceremony dates, or they have something going on at the end of February, right? The twenty second, the twenty fourth. I think he said he's he's going to be making shows. I believe those days. Am I am I crazy about that? Did I? I believe uh, that's true. There's so, also been announced a new Gorillas of Destiny versus old Gorillas of Destiny matchup with LP and Hikaleo taking on Tamatanga and Tonga Loa. It's another interesting match there. Are we as... going to see Tamatanga as a good brother? I mean, you know, that's probably the the best slot for him. I would imagine both for him and for all the people involved. You know what I mean? He's still got plenty left in the tank. Absolutely. And, and he's brand new for people here. I mean, he really yeah. is when he gets right down to it, especially to that fan base. He's brand new. Yeah. And there was no one that had AJ Styles back, despite what the club said, unless we find out that they were beat up and left laying by the bloodline once again backstage. Nobody came to AJ Styles' aid on SmackDown as two plus million people worldwide saw. He's the Ridge Holland of SmackDown. Got to do it all himself. You saw NXT last night. You know that reference. Rich Holland all alone facing Gallus by himself. You know what didn't the make Earth roaming Mike, it you alone. You know what? What did not make the Hulu version? What's that? Rich Holland and Gallus. 
Well, there was no match or anything like that, but there was a a promo that he cut backstage with Kelly Kincaid where he talked about facing Gallus. He had his cup of coffee in his hand, and he talked about facing Gallus all on his own, and he walks off, and then she she sat there shocked. So maybe that Ridge can hook up with AJ at some point, and, and you know, it would be better for AJ if they were partners because then the risk of him getting hurt would go down. But um, thank you, thank you, filthy. You. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> All right, dark side of the ring, officially making its return to Vice TV in March. This story up on the main page of the website. It was announced today that season five of Dark Side of the Ring will premiere on Tuesday, March fifth, ten p.m. Eastern time. Ten episodes in the season. The topics that will be covered: Gentleman Chris Adams. Sensational Sherry Martell, Bam Bam Terry Gordy, Black Saturday, Vince McMahon's purchase of Georgia Championship Wrestling in 1984, leading to WWF getting the 605 Saturday Night Time slot, Chris Colt, which is something, The Sandman, Earthquake, Harley Race, Buff Bagwell, and Brutus Beefcake. Filthy, it may be time that we get the third member of Team Filthy, Greg the Hammer Valentine, on to talk a little bit about Beefcake. And he can talk a little bit about Beefcake's wife, which uh, I've heard they don't like each other very much. But that may be a story for a different time. What do you think about this lineup here? And uh, there are some names that are from my generation growing up, like Chris Adams and Black Saturday and, you know, some things like that. You know, you're a little younger. Do, do those names stick out to you? Do those stories about uh, have they traveled through time about how crazy Chris Adams was? Brother, when you read that list off, all I could think to myself was we are scraping the bottom of the barrel here if really? this is what we have left for dark side what? of the ring i want to hear some scandals i want to hear about some nefarious doings by unscrupulous characters i think you're gonna hear that i think i don't think this that. is at the level of anything that we've seen in the past seasons the well, von erics <laughs> well yeah yeah the Von Erics. I mean, we've had some we've had some heavy stuff. We've had New Jack. We've had, you know, the the bizarrity that was the life of of Eddie Graham and and Matt Bourne. The we had a plane ride from H E double hockey sticks. <laughs> we had Marty Janetti. We had to, you know we had to, we had that one. Look, Chris Adams is a story that I think. You know, coming off the Von Erich movie, now may be the time to actually lead off with that one because he was a world-class story. And yes, he was in many other territories, but he has got some of the nastiest stuff, including a prison stint he had to do for headbutting a co-pilot, I believe it was, of a plane that ended up getting him arrested. And a notorious uh, drinker and drugger Chris Adams was. So I have a feeling that that is going to be quite the interesting story when it comes to him terry gordy again that's an interesting story i think as well too that again when you look at the name dark side of the ring there was a dark side over terry gordy where's where's a story about ricky dozan well you know there's plenty of things that they could talk about and instead yeah, but 
Well, I, just look, like I just like us, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> they are. They are. And you are the Chris Colt of this show, Filthy Town Waller. We'll be back. Rusty and Silver Live. Throwing things around over here. Mike Sempervivi, Filthy Tom Lawler here with you, Wrestling Observer Live. I just looked down at the chat here, the Twitch chat, people talking about what would be better stories, what are going to be good stories. DJ Convoy, Chris Adams has a darker story than you might suspect. Yes, he does, everybody. That is going to be a very, very dark story. That is for absolutely sure. You know, Ashley Massaro... You know, that is probably one that, I don't know, you know, it's, if people are willing to talk about that one, you know, that's one that obviously with the name Dark Side of the Ring did not end very well. Art Bar would be very interesting as well, too. You know, Art Bar is one of those guys that I'm always surprised, and I get it because he was such a star in Mexico and he was Eddie Guerrero's friend, but I'm surprised he... His past and some of his past transgressions get, you know, kind of dusted under and we celebrate Art Bar a lot more. Hey, look, Dom's wearing his shirt and and all that sort of stuff. I I don't know. I was always kind of shaky with him, but he probably would make a pretty good one too, Tom. I don't know, you know, for you, what are some ones that really stick out and you go, you know, they probably should do this as opposed to Harley Race or Buff Bagwell or Brutus Beefcake. Well, you know, we were talking during the break, as we sometimes do, and I know that they did a history of FMW, but, you know, kind of in the same vein as one along the lines of Ricky Dozan, I think you could have one about Hayabusa. You could have one about, and this also stems from FMW in a way, you could have Shinya Hashimoto stealing Fuyuki's wife after his funeral. There's a number of things. The Noah Exodus, of course, which had major ramifications business-wise and personal-wise for a lot of wrestlers. RF running away from perverted justice. Still running shows. Yeah, he is. People still uh, doing signings for him and whatnot. Always just, you know, not to say anything, just pointing that out. But, uh, you know, plenty of things could end up on Dark Side of the Ring. Um, we should probably, you and I could end up on there one day, Mike, if we play our cards correctly and we get Brian thrown under the bus. Yeah, I guess we possibly could be on there. They they could come to us and talk about that. Look, you have the right idea of, of why, why have they not done dark side of MMA? They did a, a deal about the UFC. Did they not about in the nineties, dark side vice of the nineties, dark side of the nineties, they did something. I mean, if you think about it. I mean, MMA, there are so many stories, Tom, that we just, we know because we've been around for so long and fans for so long and around it, you know, that took place in the 90s that people today have no idea about. And there are just so many stories from the 90s and before that nobody really knows about. I mean, it it sounds terrible to say, but much like boxing, I mean, MMA is a a pretty ripe world to have a dark side uh, series about it. Yeah, I mean, any sport in which one competitor, uh, Gary Goodrich, perhaps, has won a fight by twisting another man's genitals with his foot back in the 90s, I think any sport that contains a finish like that deserves to have a dark side series about it. And we He talked- said it felt like crunchy peanut butter. Do you remember that? 
That's what he said. That's what Gary Goodrich said. And the thing is, and this is going to sound terrible, I don't know if Gary Goodrich re- would remember saying that. And, and because he's had so much damage, and that's another thing about that series that you could do with so many of those guys from that Pride era, which in some ways was spectacular, but my God, the amount of punishment these men took and how they went into fights yeah, and and when we, they absolutely should not have. And we talked about just names during the break as well, like Mark Coleman, Mark Kerr, Phil Baroni, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Randleman. Kevin Randleman, Stefan Bonner. Uh, there's a number of guys, and there's a number of incidents as well. Lee Murray, the most notorious, perhaps criminal in the history of the world, was a UFC fighter. There's a, a number of incidents, a number of characters. Well, the Hicks and Gracie, Yoji Anjo story is not, you know, is only really known for if you've really been following MMA. I mean, a lot of people may not know that story anymore. And really, I mean, Hicks and Gracie alone as a as a figure for a story could be yeah. very interesting. Yeah, for those of you that don't know what Mike's talking about, Yoji Anjo, who was a UWF wrestler, flew over to the U.S. to do a dojo challenge. He went to Hickson's dojo and wanted to fight him. And they fought behind closed doors. And the only photographs after the event are of Yoji Anjo just absolutely destroyed, beaten up, looks like a member of the Goonies instead of his normal self. Baby Ruth. Oh, it was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Mr. 200, Yoji Anjo, was never the same again after that. That is for sure. I mean, hey, look, Akira Maeda. Could you do one show on him? I mean, one show is enough for the American fan base. I mean, you got to ease him in slowly. But, I mean, if this was a Japanese series, you might be able to do six parks on Maeda, couldn't you? CMLL versus Deep. That's well, yay! Alberto Del Rio, Dos Caras Jr., uh, fighting with a mask on in Pride against Marco Krokop. You know that's something that, again, you know, unless you were around in the what was it, the two thousand five, two thousand six? I guess that fight took place. I can't even remember anymore. But that seems like it's lost to time now. Yeah, one of the early Pride Bushidos, if I remember correctly. Hey, Super Porky had an MMA fight. Sure did. El Solar fought Suzuki. Yeah. There were a number of luchadors. And we didn't even touch upon the Mexican scene when we were talking about what could be on dark side of the ring. So, yeah, yeah I don't think that the series itself needs to be put to rest, but I think that they could have done a better job this season of choosing subjects. Be interesting to see how all of it plays out. And that is going to begin on March 5th, Tuesday, March 5th, for people who have Vice TV. Unfortunately, with YouTube TV, of all of the channels that they have, Vice is not one of them. So I'll have to figure out another way to see those shows. Where does Dark Side eventually end up, Mike? Does it end up on Peacock? Does it end up on Hulu? Does it end up on maybe Netflix, perhaps? Maybe well, somebody with all those subscriptions out there can let me know. Yeah, you find out where that does end up. I know it's available for purchase through YouTube after the fact. But uh, speaking of all of these streaming services, Tom, the last time you were on, we, we talked about 
what if Raw went to a streaming service and I expressed my concerns over it? I got to be honest, a lot of those concerns, I mean, in all reality, go bye-bye because of the amount of money that they're going to bring in. I mean, if they kill Raw, no big deal. For the amount of money you got, if it's time to do something later, you can do something later. But I don't think they're going to kill Raw. And it ended up being on Netflix, which is a platform that Nick Khan had talked about wanting to get uh, one of the WWE shows onto, and he has done that now. It looks like it's going to be a much broader deal than just Raw. Obviously, globally, it's going to encompass all of the shows and premium live events at some point, but you had talked about preferring Amazon as a landing spot for Raw. What are your thoughts on them actually moving to streaming, going to Amazon, and or, or going to, to to Netflix, and are you disappointed about that? I wouldn't say I'm disappointed, <laughs> but I thought that with the success that Amazon had seen with the NFL and having live programming on there, that they would have, you know, been the front runner. And I'm not the only one that thought that. Um, I was surprised when I woke up and I saw that Netflix was the eventual landing space. But like you mentioned, Mike, even if they kill Raw by moving it to Netflix, they're making so much money. And by moving NXT to the CW network, they've opened themselves up to a completely new audience that perhaps they wouldn't have otherwise. So I don't think it's a bad idea to take this risk, if you can call it that. You know, um, one of the biggest things that I'm intrigued by now is... The UFC has a rights deal that will be up somewhat soon. And is this a glimpse into the future of what the UFC will do? Will they divest their shows like they did in the past where we'd have UFC on Fuel? You'd have programming on Spike. They'd show up on Fox, I believe, every once in a while. Are we going to move back to something along those lines? ESPN now has... The co-leader, I guess, in mixed martial arts, the PFL and Bellator uh, union, at least on their programming network. So do we see the UFC move away from ESPN? Do we see the UFC stay on ESPN and also add or move some of their programming to other networks? You know, the Netflix stock went way up today. Are other companies going to see that and say, hey, we want a piece of this programming? Yeah, it's it's really – there's still some – there. It, again, it's fascinating for so many reasons that obviously don't have anything to do with inside the ring, which drives people nuts. But I'm really interested in that aspect of it and what happens with the WWE Network because we're going to have, as it stands right now, at the end of the year, we're going to have a lame duck spot for Raw and putting it on the network. Look, they didn't announce the WWE Network going to Peacock until January. And then it started up that March. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into more of this after the break because we get some more thoughts on it. Plus, everything taking place on Dynamite tonight when we get back on Wrestling Observer Live. Back to the show, Mike Sembervivi, filthy Tom Lawler here with you, Wrestling Observer Live. Big Boss Man Brian Alvarez will be back on the show tomorrow. We will be joined by Lance Storm tomorrow. He'll be making the hot tag from Filthy. Filthy won't be here tomorrow. Unless Brian's not here again tomorrow and we get another late text, but we'll see how that goes. Tom, before the break, I was talking about just being 
very enthralled with this deal and what the possibilities could be for the WWE Network, which is going, their deal with Peacock is up in March of 2026, which means they're going to be doing a lot of negotiations, one would assume, uh, this year and towards the end of the year. And we know what the deal is going to be when it comes to Raw having a lame duck period. And I talked about it with Brian. To me, the smart idea is to put that show in its lame duck form on Peacock because I'm sure Peacock would want the numbers. You know, they already have it anyway. They already have another WWE property. I'm sure they would want those numbers for two months. And if I'm Nick Khan, I'm sure I want them to have those numbers as well, too, because I'm still shopping during that time my rights and what's going to happen with them. And I think with Netflix now being involved in this, like you were mentioning when it comes to ESPN, one of the, yeah, it's great to have ESPN there for programming and content, but one of the biggest advantages that you have is you have an incredible library, much like the WWE library, and then you also have that little addendum of the fact that you can sell pay-per-views as well, too. But, you know, I, I wouldn't think, I, I had not thought about the UFC before this deal in their library being shopped around, really, to anyone other than Disney ESPN, but... This really does open the door for that. Not only the library, but the UFC fight pass still exists and still shows a number of regional MMA promotions, regional grappling promotions, college wrestling as well. And I don't know what the subscription numbers are for UFC fight pass, but I would hate to see those avenues of you know money go away for these regional promotions i would hate to see less coverage of mma across the board so i hope that fight pass doesn't go the way of the dinosaur i hope it doesn't even get swallowed up by one of the bigger streaming networks but you know i'm sure it's not the highest priority on tko holdings list right now well, it's definitely going to be a priority, though, you know, as it goes along, because TV, once this NBA deal gets settled, we're going to know how much money everybody has left over, because it seems as if WBD really wants it, but doesn't want all of it because it's so damn expensive. Thing, same thing with Disney ESPN, same thing with other people wanting to get their hands in. They all want a piece of it, like it's the NFL, but nobody could afford to have all of it so a huge amount of money is going to get spent there and obviously that's important when it comes to aew because it doesn't seem as though aew's deal is going to get done until the nba's deal finally gets all wrapped up so we'll have to keep our eye on that as we we keep moving along aew actually does have a show tonight as we we mentioned earlier on adam copeland against minora suzuki in the Cope Open, Cope Open Challenge, I knew I was going to do that, will not repeat, not go picture in picture tonight on Dynamite. Tom, are you excited about this? Tony Khan has announced it. It will go commercial free, just like Samoa Joe and Hook last week. What do you think about that? Well, in a world where the term dream match is thrown around quite frequently and means very little in many cases, 
I would actually classify this as a dream match because never once when Edge was in the WWE and Suzuki was in New Japan did I imagine that these two would share the squared circle. But now that it's scheduled, I can't think of it being any less than awesome. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Are you sure about that? I want to see it. I don't know. I never thought about it either, and I don't hate it. I wish it could have happened five years ago. I think it could have been a lot more entertaining. And I'll say this. I've seen Minoru Suzuki do Minoru Suzuki so many times now, and I'm always happy when he comes over. I mean, I was there live when he wrestled Janela. I mean, I've seen him wrestle so many people that were so happy to wrestle him. And when he comes over to the States or he does matches like this, I mean... That's what it's about. You know, a lot of people, oh, I hate the match. It's boring. This old guy, whatever, whatever. Like, nah, I get it for the people that are, are working. And I get it for the, the fans of these guys. But, like, I have seen every incarnation of this match. I don't know what they could do differently here. But it is something different. I mean, that's for sure. And I don't know if you saw Collision on Saturday night. But, like, they just threw this up at... The end of the show, as the Blackpool Combat Club Kingston Ortiz match was going on, it just popped up on the screen, and it like it popped the announcers. I don't know if you saw that or not, but it was like I would have made a, a bigger deal out of this. And obviously, they have on social media since. But a, a funny way to 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 mention that you're doing this as the open challenge. What else is on the show, Mike? Uh, AEW Trios Champions, the acclaimed, and Billy Gunn. Defending against Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony, the former ROH World Six Man Tag Team Champions. There is that. Yeah. And the gentleman who lost those belts to Billy Gunn and the Acclaims, new partners, coincidentally. Uh huh. Bullet Club Gold. Do you like the Bang Bang Scissor Gang? You know, if Juice is out for a while and it appears that that's the case, why not? You know, Baby we know face Jay White. Baby face Jay White. I don't know. Was he a heel against MJF? He's not. Well, no, no, <laughs> not not in my world. But that's a, it's a different. Ever world. since Card Blade showed up, this guy hasn't been a heel. I do like Card Juice. Uh, Card Juice is a nice addition to the group. Uh, no, no paper champion. See what I did there. When it comes to Samoa Joe who I would keep the RO or the ROH, I would keep the AEW world title on him forever uh, as it stands right now. We are going to have an appearance from him. We're going to hear from him. His top two, uh, two of the top contenders for his title, Hangman Adam Page and Swerve Strickland will also be wrestling. Swerve will wrestle Jeff Hardy because he is still in one piece after facing Darby Allen this past Friday. And Hangman Adam Page will wrestle Penta El Zero Miedo. So there is that. Uh, any thoughts on the title scene or any of those matches? Yeah, I am a big fan of Hangman, Swerve, and Samoa Joe all fighting to be the top star, the big man on campus the top dog the sweetest tooth the most twisted metal whatever you want to call it of aew the more samoa joe the better the more hangman the better the more swerve the better these guys have been great all of them for the past half a year and i think that these are the three guys that should be in the title scene in aew right now 
I agree 100%. And I like Magnum AP. I like this new version of Hangman Page. Look, I, I know there's... I get it with the millennial cowboy thing. I, I understand all of that stuff. Look, I, I believe that Hangman Adam Page, more than any other wrestler, is the heart and soul of AEW. When he gets right down to it, that guy is AEW. And, and everything that it re represents, and he represents all of their fans, and I think he does a great job. It's still pro wrestling, and sometimes you still got to, like, you know, kick ass. And it's time for this guy to kick ass, especially basically being emasculated at the hands of Swerve Strickland. I mean, that's what happened with this whole deal with Swerve coming into his house and violating his, his child and, and violating the home and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, and then to lose, to lose after drinking this dude's blood? Come on. Hangman Adam Page needs to be a badass, and rebuilding him into that will be go a long way. And frankly, I know everybody wants to see Penta spots, and I don't hate Penta or anything like that. I don't love him as much as a lot of people do, but all that stuff, take the glove off. How about Hangman just punches him in the face? How about that? How, how about that? We don't need a 50-50 match between these two guys if Hangman oh, Adam Page is going to be going for the title. Have him kick a lot of ass, because I, aswer I assume Swerve is going to kick Jeff Hardy's ass. I believe I technically the punch to the face is illegal, so maybe that's why. Hey. Hangman shouldn't do it, but you get one at least, right? Exactly. It's like, you know, all right, fine. He can take him and choke him for four seconds, pull him off, and then keep choking him and keep doing that until he's he's he's, he's near he's near death, and then you can put him away with a, a buckshot lariat or something like that. Wardlow faces off against Trent Beretta. Probably going to be a bad day for Trent Beretta. He's going to get killed. Thunder Rosa against Red Velvet. I thought Thunder Rosa looked great. I, I enjoyed the match with Queen Amanada on Saturday. I'm a Thunder Rosa fan. I hope she can acclimate herself into the mix well, and I hope that they can figure out something to do with her here. But Thunder Rosa and Red Velvet. Looks like Velvet may take her second straight loss coming back, Tom. Um, seems like they're going to probably do a lot of Red Velvet feels at least right now, and we'll see how this match with Rosa goes. You think maybe she's going to be on a little bit of a losing streak here to kind of build her up and, and change her character? Seems to be a common theme that you can rely upon. And especially after, I mean, it's not like she's a featured character week after week, but now she's been popping back up, been losing matches. So, yeah, I would think there's some sort of character metamorphosis coming our way. Do we have anything announced with Tony Storm? We do. For Speaking tonight? of character metamorphoses, Timeless Tony Storm and Deanna Perrazzo are going to have a face-to-face. -face. If you didn't see the programming from this weekend, Timeless Tony Storm has owned up to the fact that, yes, she does remember Deanna Perrazzo. Yes, does remember that she's a technical wizard, remembers their time in the land of the rising sun. I don't remember Deanna being in stardom at the same time Tony does, but then again, my memory's bad and all that stuff. Doesn't matter, but they did some they did some explaining there. I believe uh, they did wrestle like seven years ago to the day, maybe, of uh, Parazzo's return. I don't know. He just had that one queued up. Are you looking at cage match? May, right it now? might have been for the SWA belt. Not sure. I'll be that is an amazing memory. The only thing I really remember from Tony Storm off the top of my head was the fact that she won the Princess Tournament 
uh, one one of those years over there before she came back to the states. But yeah, t- Tony Tony and Diana Peraza will have a face to face, and then. And actually, I don't know what order this is going in, but this is the last thing I have listed here. And then Sting and Darby Allen are going to speak. I'm sure having a response for Matthew and Nicholas from last week, Tom. I'm I'm sure we're headed towards a matchup that a lot of people are going to complain about. Are you going to so. grow your mustache out like that? Why don't you grow a mustache out like hey, that? It's been a while since you had one. Vince McMahon's mustache is gone, so I was wondering, are the young bucks going to follow suit? You need to are bring those... back you need to bring back the Dan the B7 mustache. <laughs> I don't know. Too much toxic masculinity for me. You could tune in to the Dan Severn and Don Fry Toxic Masculinity Podcast. Found wherever not here <laughs> found wherever you find toxic masculinity podcasts we'll be back back on the show mike semper bb filthy tom lawler here with you i thought tom was working me there towards the end of that last segment talking about dan severn and don fry and, and toxic masculinity but there is a toxic max- masculinity podcast dan and don's toxic masculinity podcast also known as double d's in your face that's what it says we don't even put ourselves over what are you doing putting over don fry and dan Severn? here's here? why here's why tom because we talk about your adventures especially in the state of ohio wrestling well guess what on episode 82 here that i have not heard of double d's in your face dan talks about recently doing some professional wrestling in cincinnati and once being a bodyguard for robin quivers of the howard stern show <laughs> The guys also talk about their strangest purchases, some of their best pickup lines, and give some dating oh. advice. Oh, boy. Now, I remember Don Fry appearing on the Paresu Power Hour and uh, scaring the crap out of me uh, via phone. Um, so remember there was, really Ask Don Fry, there was an Ask Don Fry segment? Sorry. Yes. But on inside Don Fry MMA. dating advice. All right, fine. I'm in. We're going to have to do a review of this. That You know, that may be the very first ever uh, Wrestling Observer Live Patreon uh, performance here is, is when we review Double D's in your face, Don Fry and Dan Severn. There Mike. will be no talk of that uh, on Wrestling Observer Radio with Dave and Brian tonight. Probably just talk about the NXT that we didn't talk about at all today and tonight's AEW Dynamite. Tom, do you have anything to say to our, our fine listeners before we get out of here? Thank you for spending the last hour with us. May God have mercy on your soul. (laughs) For producer John, for producer Dom, and for all of us here, we shall talk to you again after a while.